What's the one thing all great teams have in common? Great coaching. Try to suck up to me, Evelyn. I'm Gordon Bombay, the new hockey coach. All right, let's go! Learn me! Come on! We're Team USA, gathered from all across America. And we're going to stick together. You know why? Because we are ducks, and ducks fly together. It's the Quack Attack Podcast. Hey, everybody. Jan's been pitching you for a month. I'm Mike. That's Tommy. Hello. That's Kevin. Hey, did you almost forget my name there? I did. I, I don't know what I was going to say. I was not going to be Kevin, though. I had to make the audible at the last minute. But What, what, what other name could Kevin be? What does he look Captain like? Captain Duck. <laughs> He's wearing a collared shirt today, so he kind of looks like yeah. a Chet. We had a board meeting today. A oh. board meeting? Is that why you're wearing flip-flops? <laughs> <laughs> no, I changed flip-flops and show- oh. <laughs> Okay. Anyway, welcome to the Quake Deck Podcast, the definitive My Ducks Podcast. Glad to be back for another week here. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for telling your friends. We continue to grow, so keep doing that. Uh, other than that, next week, the schedule is to have D3 Director Robert Lieberman on. So get your quack questions in now. As always, we will pick the best one, ask it to him, and see what he has to say. So send those to us, preferably by Twitter. But if you don't have Twitter, email, Facebook. That will do. Might you, might be able to send in a, a, a by U.S. mail. If that's you, true. If you send it like tomorrow, yeah, yeah, you can make it there. Other than that, just put right quack attack and they'll find us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You've got yeah. a standing relationship with them. Yeah, they know. They know. Anyway, let's go to the topic at hand here. Tommy, what is the topic today? So this is a good topic. One that was come up by um by one Michael Florick, and it's. Exactly how did Gordon Bombay become the coach of Team USA? Yeah, so we talked about this a little bit in the Don Tibbles episode way back in episode 21. But I was going back and there's some uh, interesting events that happen here. So first of all, Gordon Bombay obviously goes out to the minor leagues, gets hurt, comes back to Minneapolis. Does he have a plan at this point? What do you think Bombay's plan is after he comes back just heal up and go back to play i think he has no idea what he's gonna do this is after he comes back from minnehaha correct um doesn't he say as much doesn't he say that like he has to heal for next season well he says he doesn't want to skate sharpen skates his whole life and he can't make money coaching peewee hockey so he's trying to find something to do but if only he had a degree to fall back on (laughs) yeah of a lucrative degree. Yeah, that, that's a great point. But he's a he's a coach, not a hockey player, apparent or uh, not a lawyer, apparently. Uh, so Tibbles comes in and he says what I said at the beginning. Jan's been pitching you for months, so it appears, at least the way the documentaries come across, that Bombay comes back and he might be in Jan's shop for a couple days before Tibbles shows up. So is Jan just planning for Bombay to fail in the minor leagues here? Unless he orchestrated it, which Uh I don't know if we've ever opined that before. I think that's an excellent point. Yeah. Maybe Han knew. Jan. Jan. Well, I guess Jan via Jan. Jan did it via Han. Yeah. Okay. Um, So maybe that's a little, little, uh, I don't know, skeeviness going on there. So you think they... they they could have, of course, ordered the hit on on Gordon mm-hmm. to get him injured, um, which I think is a definite pop- possibility because think about all the Hendrix material that their skate shop carries. Yes. Mm. 
Um, surely they've got some deals going and they know that Bombay, maybe he gets on, you know, the circuit becomes this guy and there's going to be some publicity about the skate shop. You know, they can, they can probably make a killing. You know, it's like if like an actor becomes famous and he's like, Oh, I always go back to this one place to get a burger. And it's like, boom, burger chain is going to blow up. Like at least for the next couple of months, because it's like, Oh, we got to go to the place that, you know, it's like Matthew that, McConaughey goes to. Justin Timberlake went to Chico's Tacos, like that place. I mean, it was already a pretty famous place, but after that, it was like it blew up. Okay. Chico's Tacos in El Paso, Texas. Shout out. They don't know. It's uh, the, one of the most overrated places. Never had Chico's, but reverse shout out. All my friends from uh, El Paso always say they have to get it. Yeah. It's, Maybe it's I just because of JT. It's like rolled tacos in tomato water and cheese. It's weird. Yeah. Isn't tomato water just ketchup? No, it's like it's like super uh, tomato like, soup. Like yeah, sauce. kind of, but even not not as thick as that either. Oh. It's very very different. I don't know, but people from El Paso love it. All right, is it maybe one of those things that you have to pretend to love because you're from El Paso? Yeah, I think that's a lot of what it is. Like people are like, "Oh my god, it's so good," but it's really not that good. It's just like everybody from El Paso says it's so good, so they have to like keep up this facade. It's like uh, there was a. Anybody from El Paso wants to come at me on that, feel free. <laughs> I mean, I, I technically am from El Paso. I was born in El Paso, but I wasn't like I wasn't raised there. And well, up until when I was like seven. But yeah, it's overrated. That's okay, all I'm saying. gotcha. But if they want to sponsor me. the podcast, <laughs> I will absolutely eat some Chico tacos. Some tacos. It, it does remind me. There's a taco place in in Lubbock where I went to college uh, called Lone Wolf. And it was oh, like yeah, that's, that place is great. Well, it was like it wasn't great. No, it wasn't great. It was terrible, but it was cheap. It was cheap. It was like thirty cents <laughs> taco, and they like gradually raised it. So maybe it's like fifty cent tacos now. But I mean, it was open twenty four seven, and so I mean, everyone's like, "Oh, Lone Wolf is so good." It's like, well, no, it's not good. It's cheap, and you can get it when you're drunk. I, and yeah. it's the only place I've ever been to that has Keystone Light on tap. Oh like, wow, which was incredible for a college student. Yeah, just playing to the crowd there. That's yeah. a smart business move by them. So let's go back to Bombay here. So. My biggest question with this setup is like Bombay is sort of the the chosen son here. He's got a good relationship with Hans. He helps him out in terms of coming back and, and with the ducks. Why would they ruin his dreams? Maybe they thought he would fail if he made it to the NHL. Wait, that Bombay would fail if he made it to the NHL? I mean, if he makes it to the NHL, he, how does he fail? Well, I mean, he gets in and just, like, shits the bed. Or or maybe they think, like, hey, Bombay has better things, like, in front of him. So, it's like... So, you think he would... He, he basically becomes more famous than he would have been had he made it. Oh, like, Because yeah. he's still, like, a myth, mythological... He's like Booby Miles. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It could be something like... Um, I, I just had an analogy here. So let's say um, Connie and Guy, like Connie gets into like, you know, Yale or something like that. But, you know, Guy maybe isn't as smart. So he's going to, you know, University of Minnesota, still a good school. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, Connie's mom says like, oh, she needs to stay with Guy because, you know, they're they're so good together and they're going to have a great life together. So she like throws away the acceptance letter to Yale. It's like kind of sabotaging her, but kind of. Oh, thinking her mother doing? <laughs> yeah, damn. And so, but she has. That's, she thinks she has cold-blooded like, mothering. Right the there. best interest in, like, yeah, uh, you know, at hand. Or if like a kid's like, oh, I, 
you know, I can go play football at, you know, Michigan if I walk on. And dad's like, no, just go take this scholarship to Central Michigan instead. And he doesn't say that Jim Harbaugh called him. And then beat the shit out of Michigan anyway. Yeah, exactly. Or something like that. But anyway. (laughs) Okay, I can see that. And I guess when I brought it up, I I started thinking about it. Like, maybe Bombay is not as, like, highly regarded by Hans as I might have thought initially. Because he does sort of utilize... Bombay in the first place just to sort of like get him on the ducks. Yeah. He like he helps him out, but he's definitely a pawn in getting the ducks and getting going. So maybe that's it's just the ruthlessness of Hans and Jan together. Uh the next question I have is Junior Goodwill Games, it seems relatively late for them to find a coach. Why haven't they gotten a coach yet? I, I don't know typically how these things work for like the U19, like the U18 teams. Mm-hmm. Like I know there's a system and stuff for the Olympics, but I, I would imagine the coaches shuffle around quite a bit in uh, like the under 18 uh, tournaments and stuff. I, I'm just kind of going on like what I know from basketball. It seems like some college coach is the coach every other. It's a different coach mm-hmm. every time they play those tournaments. So maybe it's not that out of the ordinary. Um, it does seem very, very late in the process to do this, but I don't know. And maybe the maybe the other coach like backed out and they just didn't mention it. You know, that's actually a, a, good, a good point. I could see it being a case because, like in a youth, um, like a youth soccer, like obviously, like for national teams, it's a little bit different. But for something that's a little bit smaller, then you do have kind of like yeah, college coaches. Like you have one college coach who brings in a couple other college coaches to be the assistants, and then they're all kind of done like at the end of that year and they're keep cycling because it's not something that like, Hey, you're not going to do it forever. You're not going to get like the, you know, Joe Paterno of mm-hmm. U19 coaching or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I could, I could see them maybe looking, but you'd think they'd have someone who was like already on for that cycle. Like if the Goodwill games yeah. are, do we assume that they're every four years? Yeah. I mean, I, I would guess maybe, I don't know. I would think there'd have to be every year. No. Yeah, it would year. have to be because I guess also because you're coaching different kids every year. It's not like yeah. The, yeah. the real national team where you've got the the talent pool for a <laughs> while. The real national team? These are <laughs> USA Ducks. That's true. Shoot. They named the pro team after him. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So does he back out or they just don't have a coach for this cycle? Maybe he died. Oh. Maybe the stress killed him. <laughs> Just like in D1. So a lot of people dying for Bombay to get coaching jobs here. Yeah. Conspicuous, isn't it? Yeah. Do you think Hans and Jan set up the uh, original coach to die and then they were pitching Bombay as a replacement? Like they, they had him killed knowing that they could get Bombay? I, I think we just yeah established that. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And who knows? Like maybe Bombay flourishes in the minor when minors when Jan and Hans don't really expect it so they have to call this hit on him they no, have that's to true call Norbert out on him so Bombay goes and obviously he becomes the coach is there anything nefarious afterwards when he takes this director of player personnel job you mean did he get it like based on merit or yeah like is is Hans slash Jan I guess Hans is still alive at this point before he fakes his death. Is he still sort of pulling the springs for Bombay to get his job? Or is he getting it on merit alone? I don't think he has to at this point. I mean, 
Bombay by by then has pretty much proven. Yeah, they can cut him loose. He's like got a track record, and then he's going in the path that they want him to. Also, yeah. it's not like Bombay was like, "Hey, I want to go back and give hockey like trying to play one more time." Okay, I I mean, but, uh, quick question. Okay. So, what's like the the aside from Hendricks, like what's the like the biggest brand in hockey? Um, that's a good question. There's a few. I mean, like Bauer is pretty big. But like, what's like the Nike of hockey? I mean, Nike, I'm not sure if Nike still does hockey, but they were in the game for a second. Uh, I would say Bauer. Bauer's just sort of like always around. So maybe this is like a kind of a strategy for Hendricks at some point to acquire Bauer or or take over their market share. Maybe that's like the grand plan here. So then Hans can have like an international conglomerate. So how does Bombay fit into that then? I mean, he's he's a rising star, so he's kind of helping the company along. Yeah, he's all okay. about Hendricks. So at this point, I don't think he, they need to do anything nefarious to get him in the position that he's in because he's already kind of the star. Yeah. Um, but they help set it in motion. Okay. Is this a plan like all along? Like once Bombay starts having success with the Ducks, is this a plan that they sort of set into motion here? Or does this just kind of come up? through uh just certain events happen then opportunity presents itself that would be a pretty incredible amount of foresight (laughs) if that if this was the plan from the beginning with the ducks um i think it's kind of one of those situations where hans met somebody that knew somebody that kind of just led that led him down this path and it just kind of clicked for him at some point i definitely don't think at the very beginning this is what he imagined that's fair that's right. I, I was I was started getting a little too far ahead of myself there, but uh, it's an interesting sort of deal, especially with Bombay. Are they are so is Hans expecting Bombay to like turn around the Ducks? Is that like part of the deal that like he wants to happen, or does that happen and then this sort of happens alongside it, where he goes to the minors and then comes and is now this candidate to be the junior goodwill games coach i don't know tommy i think maybe it's just like he doesn't see it like you know 10 moves ahead he's not like peter baelish in game of thrones where he's like everything he does is thinking you know 10 steps ahead it's just he's good at kind of reacting to the situation i think the original one is like get bombay to win this title and then it's like hey you know I heard the you know grapevine is like junior goodwill games could be looking for something. I was like, ah, oh, well, Gordon's in the minors and he's doing a lot better than we thought. Well, let's take care of that. And so, it's it's not you know, you know, as soon as he hears that Gordon got a DUI in D one or whatever, or set up the DUI, he wasn't setting up a <laughs> DUI so Gordon could be one day be the director of player personnel for Team USA Hockey. Yeah. He's, okay. a, he's a checkers player, not a chess player. Gotcha. But he's good. But he's, at he's the best he's, yeah. checkers player in the world. Uh, gotcha. Gotcha. All right. So, my sort of final question here is when Bombay, like, if Bombay doesn't get hurt, get, if Bombay can't speak right now, if Bombay does not get hurt in the minors, what is his sort of trajectory? Does he make it? Does Do Hans and Jan step in at some point? Like, if the Goodwill Games coach is not available, are we looking at Bombay as, like, a great NHL player. I don't know if he has enough time to be a great NHL player. Um but the the announcers at least seem to think that 
he's a pretty good player and he's on the fast track, right? Yeah. Age 29 is a step away from the NHL. He's a great story. Yeah, yeah, he could still play for five, six years in the NHL. And I mean, great story. And they could probably see him being some kind of spokesman for him. But yeah, I, I think they've got a plan for Bombay, even if he doesn't make it. Like if, if the the job wasn't open for Team USA. I think a, a good analogy, and this is just because I don't really know hockey. I'm sure there are stories like this in hockey. But um, I think Dante Hall with mm-hmm. the Chiefs is like, that like type of like quote unquote star that Bombay would be, you know, a guy that comes in maybe lights the league on fire what for about a, Kurt a Warner? season and a half, two seasons. Kurt Warner's great. Yeah. Like Kurt Warner reached the pinnacle. Dante mm-hmm. Hall was like super exciting X factor, mm-hmm. you know, cover of ESPN. And then he just kind of disappeared after a couple of years. So I think that might be the trajectory for Bombay. Um, you know, him, I think there was a guy named Michael Lewis that did the same thing for the Saints. I think it was Michael Lewis. Michael put it in the show notes. Sounds right. He, he, he was like a, uh, a Budweiser truck driver. And then they just like, oh, signed him. I remember the story. Yeah. yeah. I remember the story. Okay. So do Jan and Hans capitalize on Bombay's, like, it, taking out the Junior Goodwill games here. Do Jan and Hans capitalize on Bombay being this sort of, uh, flash in the pan in the NHL. Is there some way that they get involved or are they just going to leave him alone at this point? I think maybe it opens some doors, like some conversations with some kind of, you know, high level players in various entertainment industries um, just because of the the relationships that Bombay has. Um, so maybe that is kind of the, the benefit for them. Um, maybe they don't have to be like, as intrusive like kind of pulling all the strings of bombay but they definitely benefit okay so they're still involved in bombay's life oh for sure but it's not as you know apparent not not quite to the level of uh like jack nicholson in uh mark Wahlberg's life or no matt damon matt damon's life in the departed (laughs) too many famous guys from boston in that movie (laughs) um but yeah, not, maybe not quite to that level, but maybe similar. Like he still kind of calls the shots, but but Bombay also has his own like ideas, you know. Yeah, it's just more of a Bombay is maybe helping them out inadvertently, but it's not like the end game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like this is kind of like a side income for Hans and Jan. So does it, you think, work out the best for Bombay that he does get this Junior Goodwill Games thing? Or would it be better if he just went to the NHL and had his two great years or whatever? Work out for him or for them? For both. Um, I think for them, it works out better that he got hurt. But I think it definitely doesn't work out better for him because he never like got to reach that. I agree on both counts. Chemical. But I mean, at the same time, Bombay is still going to have a great career, I think. Yeah. And he'll he'll still have the kind of what if thoughts but yeah yeah but he'll he'll be content with his life he'll be happy not just content yeah i think that's the biggest thing like the what if like i think yeah he'll always have that which will sort of take it away uh take it a step down than if he would have just made it and had his two years and then been pushed out of league there so a lot of interesting stuff happening here on bombay a getting the junior world games coaching job and b in an alternate world, not getting the junior Goodwill Games coach job. So if you have any thoughts on it, you know where to find us, thequackdeck.com, at Pod on Twitter. But right now, 
let's go to round two of the quarterfinals of Quackadack Trivia. Joining us now, our next competitors, the quarterfinals of the Quackadack Trivia Challenge. My next trivia challenge, I always interchange the two. I'm not sure which is which. Anyway, we're here. This is the second matchup of the quarterfinals in the blue corner, I'll say is Brian at Duncan 77 Bruins. Brian, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me, guys. So, dominant performance in round one. You got four of six questions to beat at D. Reisner 12. Uh, representing Maine, coming from us just outside of Portland, what are you doing out in Maine? Oh, man, I'm working uh, in the advertising department for the local NBC channel up here, so... Uh, definitely keep him busy for sure. Nice, nice. How is the advertising game going? It's going well, man. Picking right up. We're, uh, we're working on some football, Sunday night football spots going on. So football's back in full swing, but uh, looking forward to uh, the challenge here tonight. Awesome, awesome. I, I like this. Uh, his competitor coming to us. From Toledo. Are you still in Toledo? This is JD. I'm actually in Detroit right now. <laughs> JD is in Detroit. In at hometown, J- sort of. Yeah, I'm from the suburbs of Detroit. Uh, at JD Youngblood on Twitter. At JD Youngblood underscore on Twitter. Uh, he beat at DeWeezy in the Battle of the Alternates. Coming to us from Detroit. Coming us to from us. Coming to us from a plane in Detroit. Yes, that is correct. Where were you? Were you flying from Toledo? Uh, we actually just got back from Atlanta. Oh, what were yeah. you doing in Atlanta? Yeah. Did you ask what I was doing? Yeah. Oh, uh, we went to is like a rich uh, like a church retreat. Uh, we just like learned a bunch of stuff about how to do church better, pretty much. That's true. Should mention JD, assistant music director at a church. We learned that last time in his win here. So. Let's get into it here to remind the listeners and the competitors. 14 total questions. First one to answer four correctly wins. Uh, You buzz in with your name or a version of your name, whichever you want. Just make sure you let us know. You have uh, five seconds to answer the question. And uh, if we are tied after 14, we go to a tiebreaker. If someone does not have four, but is leading after 14, that person wins. Uh, all decisions by Tommy and Kevin are final. And uh, let's get to question one. Does anyone have any questions before we get to question one? I will be going as Jay. I'm going to answer as Jay again. Okay. It's good to know. Yes. Brian, any questions? I don't think so. I like the single syllable. He's got a quick hands on the draw there. i got to be fast. <laughs> exactly. The stakes are raised in round two. All right. Question number one. In D2, what is the name of the server at the party Tibbles throws for Bombay? Time. Time. The correct, an- the correct answer is Terry. That is an obnoxiously Terry. hard question. Really? Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. I thought it was pretty good. <laughs> I thought it was no, pretty good. She, oh, man, I knew that. <laughs> All right. All right, let's this go to D2. This one uh, this one is guessable. Yeah. Uh, 
Let's go to question two. In what film can you see a shirt that reads, quote, I'm too sexy to be right-handed? J. J. D2? That's correct. That le- that girl is uh, sitting next to Russ Tyler in an early game of the Junior Goodwill Games when he's still in the car. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> also, I mean, if this if that question hadn't been, like, one out of three, like, that would have been an obnoxiously hard question, too. Yeah. They only get more no, obnoxious from here out. The, yeah. It was, it was in just it was the penalty box. I remember that. Hmm, he remembers. See, this is, I feel like we're giving uh, too little credit to our competitors here. But anyway, all right. Question three goes to D3. At the end of the JV Varsity Showdown in D3, which three players does Orion put on to kill the five on three? <laughs> Brian. Brian. Charlie, Banks, and Goldberg. That's correct. Yeah, nice. One and one. Nice. That, uh, you had to at least get the, the f- two of them because Charlie and Goldberg connect for the f- game winner there. So, All right. Uh, question four. Question four is uh, pretty much impossible, but I'm interested to see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, so in D2... What is the name of the school that the Ducks pass while rollerblading and rounding up the rest of the crew? <laughs> wow. That is an impossible question, dude. That is true. That is true, but I was just like, whatever. I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll throw it out there. It's the Emerson School. The Emerson School. I feel like if we had a Minnesota person on trivia, they might have gotten Yeah. That would have been a rigged question. Yeah. All right. So... I mean, the rest of them are, and we'll see. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Question five, still one-to-one, correct? Yes, still one-to-one. In D3, what does Bombay say was maybe the best thing ever that happened to him? Anybody? I didn't hear a single bit of that. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm breaking up. All right, we'll, we'll repeat it here. In D3... <laughs> What does Bombay say was, quote, maybe the best thing ever to happen to him? Brian. Brian. He got arrested. That's correct. And and sentenced to community service. Yep. Brian's up 2-1 here. As we go to question six, we stick in D3 here. And uh, if you you guys don't hear the question, let me know because I have no idea. Uh, So, again, question six. How many consecutive state championships has Eden Hall won before the Ducks arrive? Jay. Jay. Taking a wild guess. I'm going to say seven. That's incorrect. Consecutive, you said? Yes. Wow. Need a guess. Nine. Oh, close. It was ten. Correct answer is ten. All right, so we go to uh, question seven, another hard one, but this is uh, this is going to be interesting. So I'm going to tell you off the jump. The character or the actor's name is okay here. Either one is okay. Uh, which actor's mom is the principal in D1 and an Eden Hall teacher in D3? Wait, repeat that. Uh, repeat it for JD, but we'll give Brian the yeah. first yeah, crack. Sure. All right. Which actor's mom is the principal in D1 and an Eden Hall teacher in D3? Got it. Okay. Go ahead, Brian. 
which actor, which character? Either, either, either one. Either, either one. Um, Tammy and Tommy. I don't know. No. Incorrect. Um, yeah. Jay, do you have a guess? Uh, I'll say Carp. Incorrect. Correct answer is McGill. Have, from we, the Hawks. have we said this on the podcast? <laughs> I believe we no. have. This is, a, if, this is a crazy question. <laughs> I don't know. That is wild. I don't even know how you know that. Because we've said it on the pod before. <laughs> I, I know we've I said it on the pod. Anyway. I missed that one. We'll, uh, cool. we'll go to question eight. Still two to one here. Ugh. Question eight in D1. What is the judge's name? Anybody? Time. Time. The correct answer is Judge Weathers. Judge Weathers. All right. So we go to question nine. Question nine. In D2, what is the name of the town on Portman's jersey when we first meet him? Jay. Jay. Oh, my gosh. It's something park. Oh, Need an answer man. here. Three seconds, Jay. Time. <sighs> Brian, do you have a guess here? Morgan. Morgan, Morgan Park is correct. Boom. Yeah. Wow. Cut off shirt. That's impressive. I, that, yeah, I was shaking my I didn't think anybody would come anywhere close to getting that one. Wow. That, that was part of my study guide, I have to admit. Nice. <laughs> nice. You have to get inside Mike's head whenever you study yeah. for these. <laughs> All right. Uh, so three to one, Brian here. So Brian could end it here on this question. So I'm looking for an exact quote here, an exact quote. In D3, what does Dean Buckley actually say when Russ Tyler tells Dwayne, Quote something about a shrinking sphincter. <laughs> oh, it's on the bus. <laughs> I love that scene, by the way. That, that's, I think that's literally my favorite quote. Yeah. All right. I think we're out of time here. I was going to give Brian. you a little bit extra, but. Bri- well, Brian. Brian, we'll give you a shot. Go for it. The specter of inevitable change. No, I mean, no. Kevin says no. Tommy, do you have a ruling? Um, can you complete the quote? Um, nope. That was close, but we're not counting it because the quote is "We dare not shrink from the specter of inevitable change," and because no, shrink was an important yeah, the shrink was important. Shrink was important. <laughs> All right. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Anyway, uh, question 11. Question 11 here. In D2, what city does Dave slash Les Averman say he is from? Brian. Brian. Brooklyn Park? That's correct. Boom. Brian. Nice. He just studied all the parks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. The parks did it. So Brian moves on. To the semifinals. Congratulations, Brian. Good job, Brian. Thank you, buddy. Thank you. you studied way more than me. I was too busy on a plane. <laughs> I know, man. No excuses. Play like a champion. Yeah. J- uh, that's fair. I'll take it. JD, uh, good effort. Are you still on the plane, JD, or have you gotten off yet? 
am walking in the terminal right now, heading back to our car. Oh, wow. Well, uh, safe trips home, Brian. Thank you, guys. You uh, live to fight another day. It was a, it was a hard round. You came through. I, I'm proud of you. So that at least somebody is. Um, and uh, we'll be in contact here as we get to the semifinals. For us, you know where to find us, thequackdeck.com, at quackdeckpod on Twitter, facebook.com slash quackdeckpod. Go to iTunes. Give us five stars. Tell us how you think Bombay's career would have turned out if he was not taken out by Norbert in the minor leagues. And remember, ducks fly together. Ducks fly together. Quack, quack. <laughs>